Good morning, everyone. It is good to see you and to have you with us for worship this morning here at WPC. Today we continue our summer series on the Lord's Prayer. So far we've explored who God is as our heavenly parent. To hollow God's name means to hollow one another as children of God. To live into God's already and not yet present kingdom. And we've also explored how God's will transcends our own barriers and limitations. Now we reach the halfway point, or uh, as I would say, the turning point in the prayer, where our Lord teaches us to pray for our own needs and the needs of the world around us. This dramatic shift in the prayer from focusing on God to ourselves reminds us that Jesus teaches us that it's okay to express our own needs and desires to God in prayer. God desires to be in relationship with us and for us to share our deepest needs, concerns, and fears. But its secondary location in the prayer also reminds us that our lives of prayer cannot consist of only listing our own needs and concerns. These needs must be expressed in context, in the context of praise and hope and God's abiding love for us in Christ as we await his coming kingdom. So praying for God's kingdom and will leads us, it guides us to express our own needs and concerns as we await and live into his kingdom. So we turn to our line today, give us this day our daily bread. To explore this line of the prayer, we look back to the Exodus when God provided the Israelites with bread, manna from the heavens, that they needed each day while wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. In our second lesson, we turn to John's Gospel, where Jesus uses this Exodus passage to explain how he is the bread of life that God has provided here and now. I invite you now to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's Word together from the sixth chapter of John's Gospel, beginning with the 35th verse. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and everyone who comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Then the Jews began to complain about him, because he said, I am the bread that that came down from heaven. They were saying, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, And they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. 
Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Friends, this is the word of the Lord and thanks be to God. You know, I find this an odd line to pray in our world today. We live in a world where uh, the number of people with gluten allergies or sensitivities is uh, increasingly on the rise. But we also live in a world where carbs are seen as optional or as not necessary or as necessary as people once thought. I, for one, love bread, uh, probably too much. I love all kinds of bread, whether it's the crusty French baguette, the buttery goodness of the Indian naan, or even an indulgent apple pecan muffin from the Deja Brew coffee house that I was eating while writing this section of the sermon. (laughs) You can see how I was influenced. I love bread, uh, and many of us do, but today bread is is seen as um, a little more optional than it may have been. And for some people, bread is simply dangerous because of allergies or sensitivities. But in the biblical days, bread, water, wine, these were all essential parts of life. These were the elements that allowed one to live. Uh, bread was boring back then. It was, it was mundane, yet it was also seen as essential, necessary for one to live. Because of this understanding, because of this worldview, bread became a symbol of life in the Old Testament for the Israelites. They remembered how God gave them what they needed, how God gave them manna on their journey to the promised land. So bread became a symbol for everything one needed in life. Bread also became a symbol for how fragile human life was, how human life needed sustenance to survive. But it also was a reminder, bread was a reminder, that they as humans, as fragile humans, were wholly dependent upon God to provide the sustenance they needed to live. So when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray daily for bread, he teaches them to ask God for what they need to live. But this prayer also reminded them of their dependence upon God for the things they needed to survive. It's interesting here that this is one of the few places where the Greek in Matthew and Luke's versions of the Lord's Prayer differ. N.T. Wright claims that Matthew's version should be read as, Give us today our bread for tomorrow. Whereas Luke says, Give us each day our daily bread. Small but subtle differences, and admittedly the Greek forms uh, used by Matthew and Luke here are very complicated and difficult to translate in a a clear and concise uh, manner. What I would say is that either translation asks God to give us what we need to live each day. Now, my last call was in Knoxville, Tennessee, which I learned was a city that was founded by a devout Presbyterian named James White. He set aside a turnip patch in his will 
to be used to build a Presbyterian church as the uh, city was founded. And that ground is still where First Presbyterian Church sits to this day. During the Civil War, like our building here at WPC, uh, their building was occupied by troops and as such damaged heavily during the war. Now the rumor has it that following the war, women from the church carried buckets of water from the nearby creek to scrub out the entire building, floor to ceiling, every inch of it. During this task, one of these uh, uh, committed church members was moved to climb up on a ladder and paint two Hebrew words on the arch above the pulpit. Jehovah Jireh, meaning God will provide. Though restored a number of times, these painted words still stand above the pulpit in that church today. And they stand there because it was such a powerful witness in such a turbulent time. Trusting in God to provide when cleaning through the rubble of destruction, of war, It's a statement of daily bread, of acknowledging our dependence on God for what we need to live. Friedrich Schleiermacher, a German theologian of the 19th century, said that the Christian life is one of growth towards what he calls absolute dependence, absolute dependence on God. And I think it's an idea that's captured so well by our line of the prayer today. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us today what we need for today, trusting that God will provide in the best and worst of times. When we pray this line of Jesus' prayer and when we lift our own needs and concerns in prayer, we are acknowledging our dependence on God to feed us, to feed us both in body and soul, providing what we need to live. In our second lesson today, Jesus teaches us that he is the bread of life. Even more so, he says he is the bread that, came, that comes down from heaven. God provided manna in the wilderness to feed the bodies of the Israelites on their journey to the promised land. Now God and God's self has come to us to feed us in body, mind, and spirit. We see this, we see Jesus live these words in the Gospels as he feeds the multitudes, as he teaches uh, communities about God's kingdom, but we ultimately see this in his own death and resurrection. In this line, Jesus teaches us that like the manna in the wilderness, Jesus has come to feed and nourish God's people. Now there's more to this image of daily bread, and I think it's the reason that this is the first petition in the second half of the prayer, on the half of the prayer focused on our own needs and concerns. At first glance, this move to praying for our own needs seems to be a change in direction. But to Jesus' disciples in the first audience of the gospel, they knew the connection here. They knew that this, this idea, this, this praying for bread, was a linchpin in the prayer. Throughout the Old Testament, God's kingdom is described as a banquet, as a feast. People come from east and from west, from north and from south to sit together at table in God's kingdom. So this call for daily bread connects to praying for the kingdom. It's yet another glimpse reminding us of the kingdom as God feeds us with daily bread.
As we eat our bread, as we, as we experience the things God gives us to live, we are reminded of the feast that awaits us in the kingdom. To return to the biblical image of God's kingdom as a feast or banquet, what's going on here is that this just isn't any feast. But in the Bible, whenever uh, the, the image of kingdom as a banquet is, is talked about, it's talked about as a banquet that is prepared for the hungry. Jesus takes this image even further in the Gospels, telling parables comparing God's kingdom to a party where instead of the honored guests, those who are invited are the outcasts, the poor, the people no one would invite to their homes for dinner. Those are the people that are invited into the house for the banquet. Patrick McCormick, who teaches ethics at Gonzaga, claims that the kingdom of of God looks a lot more like an all-night soup kitchen, where rich and poor, young and old, and so on, dine together in God's presence. The Gospels give us glimpses of this kingdom as Jesus feeds the multitudes, as Jesus is moved to compassion for those who are hungry and poor, and as such feeds them. Friends, naming our own needs and asking God for daily bread challenges us to think about those in our own backyard and around the world who will go hungry today. N.T. Wright says that we pray this prayer not just for the hungry, but with the hungry and all who are desperate from whatever deep need. We should see ourselves as we pray the Lord's Prayer as part of the wider Christian family and human family, standing alongside the hungry and praying in that sense on their behalf. In other words, friends, praying for daily bread, praying for God to feed us, creates a hunger in us and a thirst for compassion and mission and service to those who are in need. When we pray these words each week, we are to think about our own needs to be fed by God, but also think about who in our lives needs to be fed by the bread of life. Now, we're not celebrating communion today, but I think we're obligated to talk about it in light of our lesson and line of the Lord's Prayer, because it truly brings all of these elements together. This prayer, give us today our daily bread, this prayer is both practiced and answered when we gather at our Lord's table. When we gather at the table with Christians from every time and place, we are provided a glimpse of the banquet that awaits us when God's kingdom culminates on earth as in heaven. Everyone gathered at the table is fed in body and soul by the bread of life, nourished by Christ's own life, death, and resurrection, that we might grow more and more into the image of Jesus. Fed and nourished at the Lord's table, we are sent out to feed others in Christ's name and invite all to his table where they too can be fed and nourished by the bread of life. So as we move into the second half of our Lord's Prayer, may we remember, friends, that God desires to hear our needs, concerns, and and fears as we pray in conversation and relationship with God. As we continue to pray for daily bread, may we remember that we truly depend on God to feed us in body, mind, and spirit. May our gratitude for being fed by the bread of life create a hunger in us that we might go out and feed those who are in need in our midst, that they too may feel 
and experience the abiding love of God in Christ for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.